Welcome back to the Axios Wellness Podcast. We are Ed and Brittany Holmes, your hosts and owners of Axios Wellness. And today's a fun conversation we're gonna get into. Couple things to note at the top. We have our dog Rogue, our little rescue dog in the studio with us today. And so you might notice at a couple points she walked in front of the microphone. So there might be a little bit of heavy breathing there. That's from Rogue. And then unfortunately there's a construction site next door and there was a few sounds that you might hear. So just some context if you hear funny things in the episode. We're, we're out here doing it in the wild. Yeah, we out here. We out here. We talk about everything platonic relationships from mm-hmm. work friends to family to interest-based proximity. We talk about these buckets that ultimately getting people into the right bucket help us identify how we relate to them in friendship and in relationship. It's a myriad of different things and things, honestly, that are really on our heart that we're learning and growing in, mm-hmm. in relationships. We're excited to hear what you think. Let's get into it. Okay, today we are getting into the very large topic of platonic relationships. Yes. Right? So we've spent a good portion of this season talking through, honestly, a lot with relationships but primarily it's been focused on what we would call more romantic relationships right these intimate connections that we have with another person today we're going to be doing a deep dive into all those other relationships right because whether it's coworkers, it's our boss it's you know people we run into at the grocery store it's someone from our gym whatever it is there's a whole myriad of other yeah, relationships. our friends yeah. yeah our friends um even family members that we only see once a year for Thanksgiving, right? Like all of these fall into platonic relationships and they're a necessary part of being human. Yeah. In case our, you didn't know. Yeah. Our, <laughs> our relationships, again, regardless of whether it's romantic or not, the greatest role of relationships in our life is they're a mirror to me. Yep. Right? And whether that's someone I don't spend a lot of time with or someone that I spend every day with, it's a constant way for me to find out am I showing up and embodying and living into who I think I could be because my relationships and what they're giving back are feedback right yeah and a big part of this conversation today is going to be around friendship yeah and we're going to share kind of our different takes on this because you and I actually have pretty different experiences with friendship yeah and came especially when we first got together had different values around friendship and kind of what it meant and how it showed up in our day-to-day life. Yeah, I I do not have a high need for a bunch of relationships in my life. Right. I am really okay. And I think it's, it's unique in the sense of I'm pretty highly introverted. Mm-hmm. And so it is okay for me to be by myself. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And That's then, a big way that you recharge. Yeah, and then I think another big component of it is most of my friendships were sports-based. Yeah. Right? So, and, well, and uniquely, also when I would play in bands or be on worship teams, that's still kind were, of a team-like environment. Yeah, you were on a team yeah. with those Yeah, so people. I don't remember necessarily having... I have some few childhood friends that I'm not very close with now, but for the most part, my social relationships were all based on a common interest. Right. Yeah, and for me... It's funny, I I haven't really thought about this until right now, but I grew up an only child, and so I was around adults a lot, and I didn't really, like, I I was a choir kid, 
So I had that kind of community, so to speak, that, you know, I obviously I knew people there, but I, I didn't, I didn't do sports. Like I did basketball for two years. That was a, uh, a high point in your athletic career, <laughs> my athletic career. Um, yeah, but otherwise I wasn't a part of teams like you were. So I think that makes sense. This like fundamental difference of how we developed friends. And then as I got older, like when I was younger, I really had toxic friendships. I don't even understand what was going on. And when I got into high school, I realized I really want to be super intentional about the friends that I have. And so I think from that, those experiences, I got really um, hyper intentional, I would say, with friendships. Like the people that I call friends in my life that I let into that inner circle, I take very, very there Seriously. is a three-page application process you make all of our potential friends go through with, true. like, reference checks. You did recently <laughs> turn it digital, so we don't have to print out a version and it take it. It has a QR code. Yeah, it has a QR code. Yeah. Oh, man. No, but it's interesting because we both have – We it kind of shows differently for both of us. We both have some resistance to new friendships, like new relationships in our life. And I just think it's interesting. We can all come at it from different ways depending on our experiences. I think what is unique is some of the work I've done with my therapist and with my coach is realizing that because I spent the large majority of my teenage and young adult years not in a healthy place mentally, really my focus was on keeping me going. And so having the capacity to really invest into other groups of people or another person to develop and build healthy relationship really wasn't there. Mm-mm. It was it was actually easier for me to be alone and focus on can like literally just staying afloat, right? Right? And so as I have gotten healthier, my willingness to bring new friends and relationships into my life has grown. We actually have, have actually, something to give. I have now. something to give and the capacity to consider others. Right. Which is true, like let's just be real. That's true for all of us. Like every human being is going to be come to a point in their life, probably multiple times, where your cup is empty. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have anything to pour out of it. And so you can, like, just like you were saying, end up in this spot where it feels easier to just be isolated and mm-hmm. to be alone. And so like, what do we do when we find ourselves in that place and we know that it's not healthy for us? To be isolated long term. Well, I think I think the interesting thing for me is I didn't know it wasn't healthy for me to isolate because isolating felt like the safest thing to do. Mm. Right? Yeah. So if you don't have a strong friend group already that will, in essence, knock down your door. I mean, that has been unique as I have dipped into depression at different times now with the friend groups we have is my friends, specifically our closest friends really don't let me isolate. Yeah. If they don't hear from me, I hear from them. Right. And then they're at our house or they're spending time with us or you're realizing that I'm isolating and making sure our schedule gets fuller, mm-hmm. right? And so I I do want to give grace to people who isolate because isolate we isolate because it feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. And sometimes we need a, a time of isolation mm-hmm. to like recoup. I mean, yeah. especially, I mean, this was has been our experience at different points throughout the last couple of years, like, if you've gone through a major transition, like you've tr- like completely changed careers or you've moved to a new location or something, like you've had a dramatic shift in your life, you've had kids, 
like there is a period of time where it is healthy for you to be isolated in the sense of having space to recover where you're not also then needing to outpour to all these other people. Yeah. Yeah. And having high quality friendships and well, let me change that. Having high quality relationships, which means you are in relationship with quality people, by the way. Right. Right. You use that analogy of there's times when your cup is empty and you need people to pour into you. I've had seasons where my cup was empty and the quality of the person trying to fill my cup was not healthy. Right. Yeah. And so then. Because you're just empty. So you're yeah. like, okay, wh- whoever's going to pour in here, like you're yeah. kind of just taking it. So let's talk about how do we find and how do we define these quality relationships and how do we transition in and out of whether we're going to teach it in the on this premise that we've learned to call buckets right and whether you talk about seasons or concentric circles or there are so there is an infinite amount of ways to teach about relationships and really what we hope to hand to you today is some premises that will help you begin to distinguish between the different types of relationships in your life and which ones can re- you can really truly build your life on and with right. and which ones it's okay to allow to drift in and out and evolve and change along the way. Right. Yeah, this buckets concept for us personally has been transformative in helping us get rid of unnecessary like frustration with certain relationships in our life. Yeah. So let's get into these. Yep. What are these? There's four buckets that we, you know, have learned in this. Mm-hmm. You want to describe those? Yeah. So there's proximity-based relationships. That would be the first bucket. Those are people that you're in relationship with because you're near them, right? right. So whether that's neighbors or family that lives, live close. Our CrossFit community, for example, would be an example. We all go to that CrossFit box because we live close to that CrossFit box, Right. right? So that would be a proximity-based relationship. And then there's interest. So again, CrossFit would be another example of that. That's a double dip for us. Like (laughs) you go to a CrossFit box because you're interested in CrossFit, right? And then um, your faith community, for example, could be an interest-based one, right? Or maybe you're a knitter. And yeah. you're, you're, you are, you're a knitter. You're a knitter. And so you, you <laughs> gather because you're interested hey, about no knitting. No shade to the knitters out there. No, no. We you all, do you. Etsy exists for a reason. There's people who want to purchase your knitting. I hope you, can, you do that. There's some right? high-end knitters out there. I just want to throw that out. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, so that's interest, right? Yep. And then there's this third bucket that has to do with the role you play, right? So, um or that, or that someone plays for you. Or that someone plays for you. Yeah. So like your family could fall into that because you play a role within your family mm-hmm. as brother or sister, husband, whatever, right? And then there's um, the people you lead, right? Or maybe the people you work with, your coworkers. Uh, because of a positional thing in your life, these are relationships that come from that. Clients would fall into that yep. for us, right? And then the fourth one is what we've come to call... Um, a biblical definition of friendship where, and this is the way we understand that is it's those you love and who love you. Mm. Right. So I, I love this person deeply in the broad gamut of how we define love, right? Like I love this person deeply and they love me back. Mm -hmm. And this is, here's the big overarching thing. If this is the one thing you grab from the podcast today, this would help you make sure you know what bucket that relationship goes into. 
Yeah. Because most of our relational issues is we try to take someone from an interest, proximity, or role-based friendship and put them into the biblical definition of friendship, those I love and who love me. And then we expect that from them and they never wanted to be in that bucket. Yeah. Right? So and people then, will tell me by their behavior yeah. what bucket they want right. to be in. And oftentimes we don't believe them. Yes. We, because we, we want try them. to put them yes. in that bucket. Yes, exactly. So then I'm mapping expectation. I'm at, I'm mapping value and all these types of things onto someone who's like, dude, we met at like a gym class. Like, don't introduce me as your best friend. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. We can fall into, because we've all done this at different points, is like we can get there, especially if we're in a season where we've just had a big transition, right? Like if you move to a new town, you're like, you're exposed and vulnerable. Like you don't have these long relational ties that you fall back on, right? So, At least not within a proximity and face-to-face right. yeah. that way. Yeah. So everything's new. It's like you haven't found your footing yet. So you're kind of like a dry sponge, right? Mm-hmm. In that sense. And so it makes sense how we kind of end up in these one-sided scenarios where we're trying to get something from someone that they actually never intended to offer right Mm -hmm. so it's recognizing like if you find yourself in in a spot like that it's okay there's nothing there's nothing you're not doing anything wrong it's just simply recognizing that that approach probably isn't going to serve you well and i we also complicate it because we use the the word friend so generally yeah friend could be the friend of a friend who sent you a friend request on LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn. Or Facebook. No. Or Facebook. Two, we have built our lives together, yeah. right? Like that We've is like the... We've gone through some stuff. That's the broad def, and general definition of friend, right. right? And so getting, even for me, getting clarity of... I, I have this phrase and it sounds kind of aggressive. I'll tell the story where it comes from. But the phrase I use is they're not the one. And I was speaking somewhere one time and this guy walked up to me afterwards and I knew of him. We had been around each other. We right. would have been proximity-based relationship, right? Um, and he walks up to me and he goes, hey, I want to give you a compliment on your talk, but I don't want you to get a big head. And my response <laughs> back to him was, respectfully, man, you're not the one that the compliment's going to give, <laughs> give me, me a, a big, big head, head right? Yeah. And because we don't have any real relationship. Yeah, I don't really have relationship with me. It was in essence him telling me he had put me in the wrong bucket. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. And my response back to him was, no, I'm gonna let you know which bucket I want to be right. in with you. In a right? respectful way. In a respectful right? Not way. Not in a like shameful No. Yeah. So I have had seasons in my life where I'm expending all of this energy and this mental thought attempting to keep someone in a bucket that they don't want to be in. Yeah. Right? And then I've realized, oh, they're not the one. There are friends that if they reach out to me with criticism, critique, encouragement, whatever, they are the one. I'm going to internalize that, consider it, sit with it, and work through it, right? Right. And then there's a the, – here's another thing that's hard. The biblical definition of friendship, that final bucket, or, or – yeah, is going to be the ones that is the least full. Right. It's going to have the fewest people. It's going to have the fewest That's people. That's why I, I always find it interesting. There, There's several people that I know that will say like, oh, so-and-so is my best friend. Or like, I'm friends with all of these different people. And in my mind, I've realized now like, oh, they just, 
they're they're using an inadequate language around what these people are in their life mm-hmm. right like you can genuinely care about all of those people but they're not all your best friends mm-hmm. like it, that's actually not even possible for yeah. us as human beings to have 20 best friends well i well and now we're down into this is another thing that's hard about relationships is how I define and express my value of relationship is going to be different than how someone else defines and expresses it, right? Yeah, that's true. And so they yep. may they may actually really mean that they have 30 best friends. Right, in I their do, understanding In their of understanding of friendship, yeah. that might be that's what true. that means. It's easy for me to map as someone who I genuinely, I call one person in my life other than you my best friend. I made the list? Yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome. You're Thank at the you. top of the list, babe. Thank you. Um, I have my best friend who's named Elizabeth and it's so funny cause we've never lived close to each other. No, we met in college. And honestly, when I really think about it, like our, this friendship is so unique to me because we don't even have a lot of like, we have some common interests for sure, but also our lives are like so different. She has three kids. She lives like North of Seattle. We have to literally commute to see each other either direction like an hour and a half right Mm -hmm. and we still make it priority to see each other every month and or every other month and it's just interesting how we can end up like there really are just so many different layers of friendship that you can get into that when it's really like when you go through something with people when they become this like I don't even know how to put words to it it's like you've gone through fire and you've like trudged some life together. It's like it's a different level of friendship than someone that you're you're grabbing coffee and like seeing a movie with. Well, and that's how I know that they're not proximity or interest based only or role yeah. based only. Right. Is if they moved away, right, I am still deeply committed to continuing to my relationship and investment into that relationship yeah. with them. So right. that has been eye opening for like here's an analogy. Um, or a story from our lives. When we decided to start getting healthy, we lost this whole group of friends. Right. Not lost in the sense of like we were anti them and they were anti us. No, no, we we just didn't our interactions see them changed. Because we stopped going to happy hour. Right. And, and that was where we connected. And that's with where them. we connected with these people. Yeah. Is hey, do you want to go get happy hour on Saturday? As soon right. as we stopped doing happy hour, we stopped hanging out with those people. Right. And it was not a we overtly said, Hey, you guys do happy hour and happy hour is wrong. It's we lost the interest-based and proximity-based connection that was fueling our relationship. Right, it had changed. It had changed. Because a core value of ours had shifted. Yes. And that's natural. Like, that's good. That's part of us evolving as human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And the same can happen. Like, you see this a lot. We've definitely experienced this a lot when you have kids for the first time, right? And then it's like your whole community shifts because if you're the first in your friend group to have kids... And nobody else has kids. They're all still hanging out late at night. And you're like having to figure out this whole new way of life. And then on the flip side, if if your whole friend group has kids and you don't have kids yet, then there's this weird tension of like, it feels like they can never do anything because they're so busy. And like, you know, you're always making the concessions to see them. Do you know what I mean? It's just this this interesting like tightrope of a balance as that's why adult friendships are so freaking complicated, right? Like it isn't, some days I like, I wish that we could just like transplant ourselves back to like the recess days where it's like you're just friends with all these kids in your class and you just naturally like evolve in your friendships as you get older because you're going to school together and you see everybody every day. It is not that way as adults. Which 
I think one of the guiding principles we have learned to be true of relationships is the one, the ones that we value and that we resonate with, we make work. Yeah. Right. And that is like ultimately where we've landed with our friendships is we really value our time with these people. Like we have great friends that we'll see once a month maybe. Yeah. And it's like we pick up and nothing. Right. It's like no time has passed. No time has passed. Right. We value those. So even in the midst of our busy life and their busy life, we still prioritize connecting. Right. And thank God that we're like not doing correspondence via horse-drawn carriage <laughs> or like carrier pigeon. Like one of one of my closest friends lives in Nashville. Yeah. And that's I can true. I text him almost every day. He's probably your closest friend. Yeah. And yeah. I and like my brother and his wife, who are close friends of ours, live yep. three hours away in Portland. Right. We connect with them almost every day. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we place a high value on that friendship. And by their behavior, they show they place a high value on their relationship with us. Right. And those are the ones that are worth continuing to make work. Right. And there is a like a, there's a level of this is not like a it's never going to be this balance wheel right like there's you're going to be in in a stage of life where you need a little bit more intentionality from the other person and then it's going to flip flop right and it's that's what's so amazing about like true biblical definition of friendship is we're not, there's no like tally system. It's the same as true in marriage. It's like if you're keeping track of like who contacted who last or who initiated it last or, you know, it's, there's no winning in that scenario. That's not actual friendship. That's a obligation based relationship. And that, that's something that can't really ever thrive. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that has gotten a big realization for us that's kind of back to this idea of how do we manage expectations. I'm not going to map how I show up in relationships over other people, right? And we have this phrase that kind of guides our life that I think applies here. I'm open to all of it and attached to none of it. Mm. There, there are friendships that if you would ask me 10 years ago, I would have said we would be friends with them and in rhythm with them and doing life with them often for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And they're not in our world anymore. Right. And it's not that we're anti them. They're not anti us. Nope. We changed and they changed. At the level we understood ourselves and our lives at that point, we were a great match for yeah. consistent friendship. And it was real. And, and there it was, was really good real. good things, right? Yeah. Like it was an important relationship in our life. And as they evolved and their understanding of them, themselves evolved, and as we evolved and our understanding evolved we weren't as congruent as we were right. in that previous season. Yeah. It's really easy to fall into this all or nothing thinking where when we realize that our season of life has changed or someone else's has and, or you change jobs, whatever it is, then your mind just goes into like, Oh, that relationship was never like good to begin with, or it wasn't worthwhile or it was a waste of time or something like that. And both are true. Like there isn't, there is absolutely a natural evolution of life that happens and some friends will carry through with you and others won't and neither is good or bad it just is yeah so we have to fight the urge to vilify a friendship a to vilify the friendship by saying they were wrong and i am right right it's the same. They changed. There was this whole movement when we were young adults pastors that I find very funny. 
where two people dated and then someone decided they needed closure. And so they're like awkwardly going to coffee three months after they broke up. No. And really what don't do this. What it is is it's a Hail Mary attempt to get them to admit either that they want to get back with you or for you to feel fully justified in why it ended. When in reality, just let it go. Yeah. Right? Like we have if I want permission to build a life and a version of me that I really deeply resonate with then I grant everyone else I'm in relationship with to do the same. Yeah. Right? And if that means that my understanding of me grows and them grows and we're no longer as congruent as we used to be, that is totally okay. And we still have people that were part of our lives 10 years ago that we'll run into at a conference or we'll see at like a family thing or whatever. And hey, we should get coffee. And sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Right? And it is all fully okay. Right. Because they're creating the life that they want to live and we're creating the life we want to live. And an evolution of that is we're not as close as we used to be. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't need to mean anything negative about me. No. That that relationship has changed. No. It's good. Mm -hmm. And it's a healthy part of our growth as a human being. Yeah. And that's back to that idea of boundaries. We can quickly forget that I am a whole person who's on their own journey. And if we view it as our responsibility to maintain all the friendships that we have had in a previous season, then I will lose satisfaction with myself in an attempt to keep other people satisfied with me and actually stay tethered to a season that I may not have been meant to stay in. Because I'm trying to maintain friendships that were great for that season, but they're not going to be with me in the next one. And that is totally okay. And... Oftentimes when we're kind of grieving that loss, because it is a, a grief process, like you're letting go of this, this thing that once meant so much to you, right? You're also making space for something new. Mm-hmm. You don't know, we just don't know when we step into new stages of life, like who we're going to meet that then is like so enriching for this season of life that we're in now. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't get to experience that if we're just we're trying to hold on to all of these past relationships that were important for that season of life. Yeah. Right. And that I feel like speaking from my own experience, that's the biggest trip trap we can fall into, especially for those that are listening to this that are highly relational, where their relationships mean a lot to them and they find a lot of value in those relationships then the easiest place for your brain to plummet to in those times of transition is that you aren't valuable and that you don't actually matter in people's life. And it's this slippery slope that you can just, like, I'll make it personal. I have found myself at times really slipping down into that line of thinking. And then I just feel overcome with loneliness and like, none of the friends that are in my life are doing enough to, cause it's all I can see. Right. And then everything that I'm experiencing of all of the other relationships in my life isn't enough to fill that void. I just, here's, here's a good thought. And we have some questions for people to ask after this. Mm-hmm. That is how I know I put someone in the wrong bucket Yeah, is when I'm looking at, so I have found in my life and with the people we work with, they have a prototype friend that they want this like deep, meaningful relationship with. Mm-hmm. And that person isn't giving it to them the way they want it to. Yeah. Right. And then they're missing out on all of the people in their life that are doing that for them. Right. 
So they're taking an interest or prox- want to do or that want to them. do that for them. So they're taking an interest or proximity or role based person and saying they're not being a great friend to me, and they're missing out on all of the people who are being or want to be phenomenal friends to them. Yeah. Right. And I've done that. Mm-hmm. Right. Where there's this one person who's like, why won't they show up for me in the way I want them to? And I have people waiting in the wings that are like, we are, and why don't you give us credit yeah, why for Why can't that? you see it? Why can't you see it, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to be careful that when I say I'm lonely, I don't have people, whatever, no cares. that I have found generally, I don't feel it from one person and I'm, that I want it, I want to, and I'm mapping that over everyone in my life. Yeah, it's so true. I also just, we're kind of going full circle for a second before we give these questions at the end. For those of you that are realizing that you're in a, in a stage of life where your cup is pretty empty, right? You just don't have a lot to give. You have like... I'm all alone. <laughs> There's no one here. Beside me. To quote Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is healthy to recognize that what you have to give in the current season might literally be a text instead of a like hour long get together with someone or find ways. This is a really powerful way we've learned of like being able to see people when our schedule is really full, invite them to like find things you're already doing that are common that you can do together. Like you can do at the same time. Like I know friends that have a weekly or biweekly Costco trip together and that's when they see each other and it's like they load up their kids and they, do Costco samples and they catch up and they get their groceries. Like there are creative ways. Like we get so pigeonholed as humans of like, I can only spend time with people in these ways. And then we miss out on those pockets of, of community. We need people Mm -hmm. like we literally are not meant to do life alone. And so if you're realizing like, man, I just, I don't know how I could squeeze in time for friends. I hear what you're saying. I hear the importance of it. Right. Like I just don't know how, Maybe there's some creative ways that you're just not seeing right now, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. you can get some outside perspective. Yep. So here are some questions to consider, right? As we talked about all these different types of relationships today, what are some people, as you kind of step back and evaluate the current relationships you have in your life outside of your romantic relationship, what people have I put in the wrong bucket And how maybe has that been causing some unnecessary frustration for me, right? What are some easy adjustments I can make there? And then second question, kind of what I was just talking about, how, what could it look like to expand my expression of friendship in this season of life, right? Maybe some things that I could experiment with that then end up working really well that help me get to experience and invest in the friends in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the last season or the last episode of this season. Did you just accidentally end our podcast? No, I didn't mean to. We're not ending. We're not going anywhere. Um, We're really excited because we're doing a special bonus episode that's going to be a Q&A episode with a ton of different topics from throughout the season and questions that have come in throughout the season. So join us next week for that bonus episode and we're excited for what's to come. Hey 
Hey friends, Brittany here. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with us. We really believe um, that you took away some good nuggets that you can apply to your friendships and other platonic relationships in your life. If there's something specific that came up when we were talking about the idea of buckets and you have questions or you have a certain situation you're, you're trying to figure out how to navigate, please reach out. We work with individuals and couples in this space all the time. You can get a hold of us at info at axioswellness.com or you can DM us on social, whatever you feel most comfortable with. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this play or this podcast and share it with anyone that you think it would be helpful. That really helps us help more people in this space. And we'll see you next time.